Hello, and welcome to AdLib Heroes. My name is Joey, and I'm a lifelong GM and writer. At our table today is... I'm Riley, I play Grimlock Seaspray. And I'm TJ, and I play Kirith Odell. Previously on AdLib Heroes, Grimlock, Kirith, and Olivia led a crowd of citizens in Ralu to the King's Castle to protest the decision to find Claude Bombalier innocent of all wrongdoing. The Dauphin agreed to hear the people in the morning and reconsider the verdict. The team left to gather more testimonies. Now let's get back to the action. So, Kirith, you were up most of the night gathering all the people you know around the city at the Witless Spider. Mostly just, yeah, going to a couple of the, like, hives of scum and villainy in the mm-hmm. lowers and giving what accounts for a rousing speech to the drunks and ruffians. Yeah. And Hey, guys, we could fuck over Claude Von Bollier. How long has this guy been? Jimmy, who took your toes? Agatha, who planted illegal alchemical ingredients in your house and got your husband locked up for 20 years? Oh, actually, I, I put those there, but I still want to blame Claude. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. He was a scumbag. Yeah, um, like he sucks. <laughs> Just like my husband. <laughs> Narthus, who got the last witless spider locked up and shuttered because too many undesirables were hanging out in the merchant's quarter. We can do this. We can make them give us a small piece of justice back. And if they don't want to, then we take it back. Yeah, says Jimmy Two Toes. <laughs> Let's take it back. Just don't tell the other two I said that part. <laughs> <laughs> and Grimlock, were you at the crucible kind of making sure that there's people to come and provide safety or what were you doing with your evening? Yeah, that, that was basically the, the gist of it. And like, you know, like recognize me from the scuffle earlier. So uh, once that's done, I guess, just like walking around and just addressing the public. Right. Just being like, hey, do you want to tell everyone that the guards suck? I'll make sure you're safe. Yeah. Like, remember me? Like, I'd still be like drenched in blood, basically. (laughs) This blood isn't even mine. (laughs) (laughs) Most of hers ended up on the road, but. (laughs) The city is ready to listen to you guys. Like, it is a successful night of gathering support. Sick. Uh, and because Bev is unable to join us today, Olivia is out finding people, gathering them. And it makes sense to me that Olivia would much more carefully vet their testimony. Like, okay, what are you planning to say? Hmm, maybe don't say it like that. Maybe. That's fair. <laughs> Do you even have Grim- the atrophy? Uh, Grimlock <laughs> wouldn't think of it, and Kirith does, and Kirith wants this to sound as brutal as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. In the morning, people are gathering at the courtyard in front of the king's castle. And the way I'm, I'm picturing this courtyard, and because I'm the GM, what I picture is what the world is. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of the plaza in front of the Vatican in Rome, where there is an area for the Pope to come out and address crowds in front of a wide, publicly accessible courtyard. 
I want the same sort of thing. So there's a, there's a fountain about halfway back and it's a big, beautiful paved plaza. And most of the time there are like merchants and vendors selling things to visitors in the city who are coming to see the castle. And on holidays, the king or the Dauphin might come and address crowds here. And today they have set it up so that there is a platform near the front uh, or where Claude Bombalier is being protected slash held by guards. So he is not wearing a sword belt, but he is wearing his military uniform. Okay. There is another platform set up for witnesses to come and give their testimony. And then three stories up, there is a balcony that is set up for the Dauphine and her aides to to hear public sentiment. Mm-hmm. And people start gathering in the courtyard near the witnesses platform. There is a herald that basically gets the information of people and is going to be calling them up. Uh, are either of you directly putting your name down to speak? Um, if I did, I would basically be recalling the... Um, Remember how we just assaulted the court wizard? Ah. Like, I want to be a part of this, but... Do I see but you're court- still Bobby. <laughs> There's a good chance we'll be arrested on the spot. Do I see the court wizard? Uh, as So roll me a perception check. You know, he, he told other people, man. <laughs> well, yeah, but they, like, they can't see exactly... Oh, he's a wizard. Maybe they can like, see exactly his description or whatever. The, you're not, not famous. Yeah, that's a good point. If you put down your name, it's not his description. They're asking you to put down your name. And if you try to put down a false name, you, like, you won the championship belt this summer. <laughs> like, it's like, like Michael Phelps shows up at a swim meet and says, my name is Michael Milps. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, that tracks. <laughs> like... I want to be a part of this and I want to him to know that I did this. God, do you not understand how badly I want him to know that I did this. We aren't leaving here today. If we go up there, that's fair. Well, if you want him to know, you can just like burn his house down after or something. Yeah, that's fair. That's not a <laughs> Grimlock idea. <laughs> yeah. I still want your perception check as you look around. Oh, um, so it was, it was bad. <laughs> Both of us or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 22. 22? Yeah, you're not seeing signs of him in the crowd. Okay. 31. 31? Uh, so you wouldn't expect him to be in the crowd. If he's anywhere, he's going to end up on the Dauphine's balcony. Mm-hmm. And as you're kind of keeping an eye in that direction, you notice that on the eaves above the Dauphine's balcony, there is a crow sitting there. Except even at this distance, you can tell something's not quite right about that crow. It doesn't seem to be breathing. Okay. Um... So my first instinct is birds are fake and it's a government drone. Uh, <laughs> only in this, I, like my first instinct is like that's a uh, familiar or a like scrying something. Um, can I roll city lore to 
see if this yep. there's any other response or like a nature or would a nature role be more appropriate? Both of those roles give you different information. Okay. The nature role. Um, the nature would be my, is like my. It's also your, it's also that's about also magic. About magic. Yeah. Only he wouldn't, none of them would be using primal magic probably. So let's go city lore. 18. 18. Um, the weirdest thing about it is like, there's not usually enough scrap around here for scavengers to be interested. Like this area gets well cleaned and they mm -hmm. will chase like, you know, if you're, if you're a scavenger bird, like a crow, you want to be down in the lowers. Mm -hmm. Uh, so what was your role on nature Grimlock? Uh, 23. 23. Okay. So as you're looking at it, it is either a construct or it is undead. Like that is not a real bird. Birds aren't real. Government drones, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, but no, there's, there's something up with that. It's like yeah, it's not breathing. Uh, but yeah, Grimlock, you're pretty sure you can see stitches in it holding it together. Oh, yeah, that is like, okay. someone made this. So it's going to be reporting back to someone or something. Mm -hmm. If it's not just someone already looking through its eyes or something. I mean, it'd be pretty fitting for it to be the high wizard. You know? I mean, pretty classic familiars. Or any of the powerful magicians demons that work for that dragon, et cetera. Um, I'm just going to keep an eye on it mm -hmm. um, as the testimonies as, go yeah. by. And so as the test long day, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a long day. So uh, probably about 9am, the Dauphine comes out, she announces herself. Uh, and again, everyone always tends to just call her the Dauphine, but as she comes out, she announces herself as uh, Rochelle, the Marquis of Ralu, which is her actual official title. Uh, and she says that uh, for this day, she'll be hearing testimony uh, about the acts of Claude Bombalier. And should it come to pass that there is not enough time in the day to hear all who wish to testify, we will extend this, but we will extend it no further than four days make a joke to the people around me. It's like, after all this guy, this guy's had like four decades of abuse. Like it might, it might take a while. <laughs> so, uh, the first people that come to the stand are some of the people that, uh, that Olivia and Frederick carefully curated. They've got shop owners who were on the verge of protection rackets and they have a merchant who started in the lowers and worked his way up and is mm -hmm. now popular, but is talking about how he saw a number of his customers accused of crimes they didn't commit because they were loud drunks. But just because they were loud drunks, it didn't mean that they were mm -hmm. criminals. And you're hearing a bunch of stories like this. And then uh, after about an hour of those stories, the next person heading to the stand is Jimmy Two Toes. Hell yeah. And Jimmy Two Toes comes up and he's like, 
nobody should ever trust this son of a bitch over here. <laughs> He's been stealing my blood for years. Every time I sleep, he sneaks up oh behind me crazy with, <laughs> with, a, with a little metal thing, and he jams it under my fingertips, and he sucks out the blood, and that's what Claude Bombalier eats. <laughs> you know, like, it's going to... Yeah, it's some of like these guys are crazy. Like, yeah, <laughs> like you're looking at Grimlock. Like, oh, I mean, there was a fifty-fifty chance. Yeah, like just the facts, Jimmy. No, that's <laughs> those are facts. Yeah, all right, man. <laughs> we gotta storm the castle. <laughs> we gotta get up there. You know what? If it go, if this goes sideways, Jimmy's a good guy to have here. Trust me. True. He's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to get my blood back, Claude. <laughs> I'm coming for, and he starts running over and like a bunch of they guards come and drag, him, drag him away. And I assume that like, as the crucible, like looks to Grimlock to be like, do we stop this? As they're dragging him away from claiming to go grab his blood from Claude. <laughs> um, no, they, they have it under control. And uh, one of the next people that comes up is one of the urchins that was working for, Valenthay, who talks about how uh, he showed up to raise her house and she told him not to come inside and he threatened to burn down. And he starts talking, like he points to the other urchins who were there with him. Like she mm-hmm. was, he was going to attack the orphanage because he thought there was a demon inside. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moving through the crowd and like shouting out, just like, what kind of a monster attacks an orphanage? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like taking your bobby wig on and off, taking your false nose on and off. A hood up and down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm several people. <laughs> As this testimony is going on, you guys notice that Dauphine doesn't watch whoever's testifying as much as she watches the crowd for their reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to clarify, because yeah. um, I may have forgotten some things. So she's the Marquis of Rally. So she's the ruler of this city, but this city is also the seat of... Of power. So her father is the king, but he's in his 80s and he is not as active today. Like Mm. she she has taken on a lot of the responsibilities, but he has not yet stepped down from the throne. Okay. So not the queen, but effectively doing that job. Yeah. And, And again, the... Crimes of the captain of the city guard would fall under her Marquis of Ralu right. responsibilities to, to deal with. Got it. So yeah, it goes on for most of the mm-hmm. day. And as the day goes on, the testimony gets less and less impressive, but they're able to show so many times where instead of solving a problem, he arrested whoever had bothered him the most. Mm-hmm. That's the story that abuse of power coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, while I'm standing here listening to testimonies, making sure that, you know, just like keeping an eye out, like I'm just here as muscle basically at this point, mm-hmm. I'd be um, like honestly looking around the courtyard to see if there's any like, um, I don't know what they're called, but those like arrow slits things or anything like in the walls. Like There are several. Yeah. If, if the castle wanted to, they could pepper this crowd with arrows. Okay. Uh, and uh, can I roll to see if there's anything else like less obvious, I suppose? Yep. Twenty. Twenty? Uh so you're not like again, this 
there are defenses here because this is a side you could attack the castle from if you were an invader. Mm. Uh, but you're not seeing anything that strikes you as they're getting ready to attack the crowd. Okay. Nothing hidden or sinister, just like it is a castle. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. There, there are security measures here, but it's the same way that if you went into a courthouse, you'd expect there to be some armed people there to protect it. And there's some security checkpoints that don't exist in other public spaces. Mm hmm. So as the day winds down, uh, the Herald uh, announces up, we have at least another half day of testimony. All right. And so the Dauphine looks over the crowd and says, thank you all for your time today. We will recess until tomorrow. We will begin again at the ninth bell. Cool. And then you see that bird take off. Following it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. Mm -hmm. uh, there's not a role to follow it because between the two of you, like Grimlock can run as fast as things fly and you know your way through these streets. Yeah. It lands on top of the, the walls of Ralu, the like hexagonal walls. And another bird flies up beside it uh, that looks almost exactly the same. The one bird that you, they each start shaking their heads and each of them drops an eye on the battlements and then they scoop up each other's eye. Oh, <laughs> and then the bird that came from outside the walls is heading back outside the walls. And the bird that was on at the King's castle is flying back towards the King's castle. What would you like to do? Do we want to follow that? Yeah. Okay, so it's it went over the walls? It went over the walls. All right. Um, I, uh... Hmm, this is not going to be subtle. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I turn into a dragon. <laughs> no. Uh, it's not that far off. Um... If I turn into a large winged creature, can Grimlock ride me for a... For if, he's, if you're large, yes, because you're horse-sized. <laughs> Sick. Um, so the, the, the spells are, very, are a lot more basic. It just says bird. Yep. So I'm going to choose... Big pigeon. <laughs> I was going like, to say... Like, remember Chicken Boo from the Animaniacs, but as a pigeon? Like, pigeon... Uh, seagull, crow, like something fitting. Of <laughs> you just chase it. I'm your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this isn't going to be subtle, and we're going to hit the ground. I can't maintain this form for very long, so we're going to hit the ground on the other side and chase it on foot. Oh. Okay, so uh, somatic and verbal. I just move my hands around and chant a few words, and I turn into a large, uh... Uh, let's, yeah, let's go with, uh, a magpie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and just, uh, flying, it'd be 60 feet per round, but up and over, and 
I can only maintain the form for a minute. Okay. So, so you can follow it for a ways and then bring yourself down towards the ground then, as it's about to fade. And then chase it on, follow, try to follow yeah. it on foot. Oh, I'm zooming. Okay. So you guys, again, uh, you start transforming. I assume it's like, like a gruesome transformation, like bones as always, breaking bones. and, and reforming. And yeah, reforming and dirty feathers popping out. Yeah. (laughs) And Grimlock, you've got this big bird beside you now (laughs) that's looking at you like, hey, hurry up. (laughs) Just grab him, take off and grab his shoulders. (laughs) Like a rock holding a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, you fly up over the wall and you follow it through several, several streets and then like kind of start coming down in you know, the least populated area you can find. Mm -hmm. So as few people as possible, see you changing back. I assume you like come down and like Grimlock's legs are already running as he gets (laughs) towards the ground. So that when the ground's actually under him, he's just taking off. (laughs) Yeah. You come back, you've still got your hands on his shoulders. (laughs) I like drop him. And as I'm hitting the ground, like the talons kind of hit and stumble and I fall. And by the time I roll back to my feet, I'm me again. And it's like, (laughs) all right (laughs) so you guys follow this bird and it reaches the edge of the city and it's still going I'm I'm down for a run I don't know if how long Kirith can keep up for but I mean I'm fine I (laughs) he's I'm not slow pretty fast himself like not monk fast but I feel like the two of you can keep up with this bird. Okay. Nice. Yeah. As so long as we don't attract a whole lot of attention. Like, uh, I mean, people pointed at you as you hit the ground, yeah. but again, I mean, the, from it. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, it is flying so perfectly straight. And as it is going onwards, uh, like it, it is just moving straight on and you're starting to get into, uh, like it, you're following it for an hour and then two hours. Do you keep going? Yeah. Where we've been, we are now two hours outside of the city at night. Mm. Um, well, evening, evening, like it's 8 PM. Yeah. We, it, and it is an undead bird. Like it could be coming from a ways, but If it's someone spying on the city, they wouldn't have had that one there. They would have to say, they can't be more than half a day away. Yes. Or I, I think maybe a whole day as the bird flies, but. Uh, it's not a great bird. It can't go that far. Yeah, Olivia will be fine. Let's. I'm. At, as long as we're back there by nine bells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys continue to follow it and you're following it until about midnight. And the place you end up at midnight is a place you're both familiar with. It is the area where the Foran army got the furthest in to, to scene during the war. You're at the edge of a battlefield. And within that battlefield, you see some figures moving 
across the battlefield in the distance. Again, it's dark, it's night, even though you have low light vision and dark vision, mm -hmm. or you have full dark we vision. We both have right? dark vision, yeah. Yeah, you, you can see figures moving and they're walking through the field and they are they have digging tools, shovels and pickaxes. The bird heads towards a small like pavilion, so big round tent set up in one of the dips in the field. This could be anything, could be unrelated grave robbers, clearly necromancers or something. Could be the hags, could be some of the dragon, some of the cult of Tiamat. No, but uh, that's get a little closer. Yeah. Stay low, stay yeah, quiet. Okay. Hey, roll me your stealth checks. I am going to use my focus spell, Wild Shape, to use Pest Form for 10 minutes. And Pest Form to, uh, I guess, be a rat. And... That gives me a plus 10 to stealth. Hey. Thirty-two. You are both moving through the field, and you are finding several places where people have been dug up. Uh, and you're moving towards this little... Uh, this group of moving... Uh, so you want to move to the moving people, or do you want to move to the pavilion? That the oh. bird is flying to the pavilion. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go check okay. that out. So you, as you get close to the pavilion, you see that there are a couple of dead men standing in front of the entrance of the pavilion. They are holding uh, spears and shields. They look like Tusin soldiers, except for the fact that most of the flesh has rotted off them. Now you can slip around because it's a tent especially if you happen to be a mouse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah. I'll get close to the back of it, but uh, yeah, I'll mm -hmm. follow along. Yeah. So you sneak into towards the back of the tent mm -hmm. and you hear inside someone going, hello, pretty one. What do you got for me? And then you hear a pop sound. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you start to hear some chanting. Okay. Um, is there any way a, a rat could get inside? Yes, you would yeah. go under the cloth. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to just go and take a look. So inside there is a robed figure about three feet tall, and you can see the base of a tail coming out of the bottom of the robe. And it has a crystal ball on a little camp table. And it is looking into the crystal ball. And you're seeing the events of the day from the viewpoint of the bird that was on the wall. Yep. Oh, they're mad. They're really mad. Oh, oh Gracruzenbach will be interested in this. All right. 
I'm going to need you to take this to him. And you watch him uh, wave his hands over the crystal ball and it shrinks back down into a crow's eye and he pops it back into the bird's head. Super neat. Okay. Um, like this is obviously a kobold from the manner of speech, the size, the tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, swear to God, if this is Ziggs coming back and just, oh, I sided with the new dragon. Fuck <laughs> you guys. <laughs> but uh, he wasn't a necromancer, so. Hugs, wasn't it? Cogs, Cogs is the scriptorium. Ziggs is the the dragon boy. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought I thought it was the opposite, but you, you would know. <laughs> Either way, they're probably both dragon worshippers. Um, <laughs> Racist. Hey. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to take a quick, like, try to take a quick, like, look around. Just okay. to see if there's anything identifying about either the kobold in front of me or the pavilion, if there's mm-hmm. yeah, the, like there's basic bedding stuff and basic supplies, like it, but it looks like a pretty simple camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kobold, as you get a look, uh, yeah, it is. It is not Ziggs. Yeah. It is uh, a black scaled kobold, uh, and uh, there is a small like footlocker at the base of the bed and sitting on that foot locker is a large leather bound book with like a silver lock on it. A silver lock. Okay. <sighs> okay. I'm going to come back out to Grimlock and like start hurrying away in the direction of the bird. Okay. Mm-hmm. And change back. At, at once we get a decent distance away. Yeah. Um, uh, new kobold, new, like that was clearly a, a, another draconic cultist, new dragon in like in the game. Um, that bird's going to it. We need to take it down. Okay. I, I would have heard uh, talking about, I would have heard the Yeah, the you would have heard the words. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so before... You relay me details. I'd see you running out in the same direction as the bird, and like pick you up because mice aren't very yep. fast, <laughs> and like just start running. And then once, and then you once pop we're out, a little bit away, just like I start growing out of your hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then then the brief. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like you heard all that. Um, that's the the bird is delivering a message, delivering, and like while that isn't incredibly dangerous or vital information. Uh, I feel like keeping any information out of another, probably a black dragon. I don't know. Is yeah. is that prejudice of me? Like there was a black scaled kobold. Kobolds do tend to be drawn towards dragons with similar colorations. Okay. Yeah. If it is racist, it's their fault. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah follow the bird for like long enough that we are. Yeah. You, you get out of earshot of the pavilion. Okay. So I already used aerial form and it's undead. And 
all, almost all of my ranged spells are won't affect undead or are things like entangle so it just hits the ground. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> um how much distance would you say the bird has? About um, 60 feet. Perfect. So I'm going to hit it with a hydraulic torrent. Okay. Um, 60 foot line, and it gets to make a fortitude save. All right. It has a, a five. Six, so it's going to take 8d6 damage. And that's a critical failure if that matters for your spell. Uh, because it's 10 below the save. It, uh, I, it doesn't specifically say on my spell, but I okay. don't know. That's 12, 16. This might seem like overkill, but it's literally my only thing that has 60 feet of range. <laughs> so this beam of water flies from, from Kira's hand. This like 28, yeah, this, 30 damage. <laughs> this huge press and there's an explosion of feathers. <laughs> like this thing did not have, it had two hit points. Again, it yeah, seems like all you had. <laughs> no, no, no. It doesn't seem like overkill. <laughs> It is, but... <laughs> I could have, like, thrown a rock. <laughs> I don't know, 60 feet's a long ways. I'm real strong. <laughs> I... <laughs> um, also, I was imagining, like, an archer fish, like, shooting a fly. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, spit. <laughs> and it turns into that. <laughs> I mean, you've spit your water spells a lot. Yep. <sighs> All right. Kept a little bit of information out of there. Um, Do we see the like the eye like drop? Uh, no, because it is pulverized by the spell. Wow! Like he did fifteen times as much life as the whole thing had. Yeah, no evidence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so keep one less informant for that guy. Um, oh, it feels weird being on this battlefield again. Um, no. Should we go? So much digging. Yes. So much digging. Should we go check out what those those guys moving around at the other side of the? We can. They're probably digging up more corpses. Probably, but alternatively, we could sneak into his tent and just scruff them. I don't want to un underestimate. The, the strength of a, another draconic lieutenant. His voice is just so silly, it was hard to take him seriously. <laughs> it took all three of us to take Ziggs down. That's true. That's so, a good point, actually. Yeah. So, let's go see what those guys are doing. Um, I'm not against the idea of just, like, ganking this, this kobold wizard. Depends on what the full effects of what he's doing. So far, he's got one dead crow and a couple of zombie guards. Mm -hmm. but. So as you sneak up on the other guys, I don't require a roll because they have absolutely no reaction to you. You find there's about four more soldiers and they walk until they find a mound and then they take out their shovels and they start digging. 
and they dig until they find a body and then they drag it out and they start pulling it back towards the pavilion. And when you get back there, there's a pile of about 16 bodies there. Okay. So they're building servants yeah. at best, at worst, some level of, a for, of, of an armed force like spears and armor. And again, this is a battlefield. So the bodies they're digging up are armored and. Mm-hmm. Yep. And lots of old broken weapons and clubs and things to find. So. Mm-hmm. Which, while not ideal, when your soldiers don't feel pain, they can do decently well with that yeah. kind of weapon. Yep. Um, mind you, they're undead. And I do have healing spells. I have the bag of goofer dust. I mean, we can... It's got 16 bodies there. Do you have a gag? What? A gag? If we can, like, get the drop on him, keep him from casting spells or anything. Hmm. Don't. That'll be... temporary at best, unless we can incapacitate him to the point of yeah. Been practicing quite a bit. But let's let's take our time with this. Mm-hmm. Let's He's only gonna have less and less spells, so No, well let's drop the servants first. They can't come and help. Take them out one by one or and I mean if even if it's all four of them now, and then we I don't know how confident you feel about this, but I think we, like, if we get the drop on them, I think we got this. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, wait till the zombie diggers are moved out, out and away and okay. and attack the four of them. Or unless they, I, I assume they don't separate at any point. They're no, they don't separate. Working together. Okay. Okay, so roll initiative. Cool. Which is perception. Yes. Ah, I rolled a natural one. I got a two. <laughs> Modified, that's 18. They're just hanging out, though. I don't think they know that we're fighting them. Sorry, it's perception? Yes. It'll be in the offense tab on your... Yeah, so modified 18 as well. Okay, so your first Grimlock. I'm going to run up to the first one. So first action, was it stride? Yep. And then uh, flurry of blows on the first one. Okay. So 37 off of a 20. That's first a crit. Okay. And crits are just You double damage your damage. Down. No, one damage die, and you add your damage bonus, and you double it. Okay, cool. So. So 12 for the first one, but I'm doing a flurry, so both of them at the same time. Well, uh, so you run up and punch or kick or? Uh, Probably, um, yeah, probably a kick if I'm running. Okay, so yeah, you start running forward and then you jump through the air, do a, do a like side kick through the air and you like smash his spine in half. (laughs) 
you don't need to use your second attack on the same guy. You can use it on a different guy because you have destroyed him. Cool. Tight. I'm going to do that. Do what? Uh, hit a different, just punch a different guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. So 28 to hit that one? That's another crit. Oh, wait, no. I have the second attack mm-hmm. penalty. The first one is two, correct? Uh, four for unarmed because they're considered agile. Okay, four. So, uh, so 24. 24. That is a hit, but not a crit. And eight damage. Eight damage. So yeah, you smash one and then you send the head of another one flying and it collapses. <laughs> uh, and then it is Kirith's turn. Oh, sick. That's easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm going to use a level one heal. Okay. And I'm going to spend all three of my actions on it. So 30 foot emanation of... Uh, of positive of energy. Of positive energy for eight, eight... Eight damage to undead or eight healing to us. Okay, so you guys each heal eight, and you watch as the positive energy like flows into them and starts like breaking them down, and they hit the ground. I'll like turn around all wide-eyed with like a big thumbs up and like miming out like nice, <laughs> cool. Now let's uh, get up to that pavilion because mm-hmm. while those guys weren't much to deal with. Yeah, them running up on us afterwards, I, I wouldn't want. Okay. So you return to that pavilion and... Hey, Jim, have you heard that new podcast where those two silly guys talk about D&D? Is that the one where a wizard who is a professional train builder and another wizard who's a caretaker of the legendary fungin and they talk about all things fantasy and D&D? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I have, Sean. I think it's us. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, I thought it sounded familiar. Greetings, adventurers. We invite you to listen to our podcast, 13-Sided Die. Our goal is to entertain you with our fun and in-depth discussions about D&D, fantasy, and everything in between. Come sit by the fire. You're safe here. We'll keep watch. We hope you enjoy 13-Sided Die. Available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just outside the pavilion now, you can see that the kobold that was inside has now come out and it has pulled one of the bodies from the pile and it is starting to paint it with uh, with something out of a bowl, like sticking its fingers into a bowl and taking some sticky substance. Again, with dark vision, you're seeing in black and white mm-hmm. and rubbing it, like starting to draw patterns on the face and chest of the figure in front of him. That's super neat. I won't tell him that though. So you guys can roll stealth mm-hmm. to see if you get a drop on him. Because uh, I assume you move up quietly, but we won't know till you're close if you've <laughs> worked. Uh, modified 29. 23. Okay, so he doesn't know either of you are coming. So roll initiative. We'll roll his initiative as well, but this is a surprise round. 29. 19. 19. Okay. 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 You watch for whatever direction he comes out of that. We're not going to be, I'm going to drop a cloud. 
whatever. Just get him when he runs out of it, okay? Do not go into the cloud. All right. So, Kirith, you are up. All three actions, cloud kill. Okay. What does that look like uh, and what does that do? Material, somatic, and verbal. So I pull some of the stuff off of my totem. The brown energy starts to swirl. And uh, as I move and I chant, it takes my whole turn. And I just kind of like breathe slowly outward and then around him, a like noxious brown cloud uh, range of 120 foot, 20 foot burst. Okay. A noxious brown cloud explodes around him. Um, contra poisonous fog. This functions as obscuring mist, except the area moves 10 feet away from you each round, so it'll move. Yeah. It, you deal 6d8 poison damage to each breathing creature that starts its turn in the spell's area. You can dismiss the spell. Okay. So he gets a basic fortitude. He has an 11 on his fortitude save. So he takes 6d8. There. I can do math quick. 6, 15, 22 poison damage. Okay. And however obscuring mist works now. So this is a surprise round. So he is there coughing. Uh, he doesn't get to do anything this round. So Grimlock, he's warned you not to go into the mist. Don't I have poison resistance? Uh, if you want to risk it, man. <laughs> How dangerous could cloud kill be anyways? <laughs> I mean, it's not like one of those words. One of those words is super happy and friendly and fluffy. Oh. I'll go like to the opposite side, I guess. So that it moves 10 feet away from me every round. So it'll keep, it'll move into you if you're on the opposite side of me. Okay. Um, but okay, so I'll go with like a, a wide berth to like, in case he tries to run the other way. Okay. Okay. And watch for him. And uh, so, Kareth, you get a turn again before he gets to act. Okay. Or do you want to take a stance or anything yeah. as you get out there? Oh, that's a, yeah, good call. I'll I'll uh, plant my feet and just kind of. Uh, shift my weight around to see like you know how stable the ground is there and prepare myself oh and up yeah i'll gain the full let's do ac as well okay you want to see something gross sure entangle oh no <laughs> <laughs> um there will be no information from this man <laughs> no the area can okay 120 foot range, just somatic and verbal. So I chant more and all that and all of the dead grass and like, honestly, like <laughs> I kind of want like the dead arms to come up and reach out. That'd be <laughs> dope, but I'm not a necromancer and I don't have a cultism, but all of the use, like dead vines and carry on. And you could use the, uh, the vines like tendons to like move the bones. Um, does the, does the area contain plants and fungi? Yes, it like, does. And it has grown over a, a, at least a bit. Yeah. Okay. A lot. It's been years. Okay. Uh, 120 foot range. So I chant, I move around, the brown energy flows out of me, and plants in that area entangle creatures. The area counts as difficult terrain. Each round, 
that a creature starts its turn in the area, it must attempt a reflex save. On a failure, it takes a ten a minus ten foot circumstance penalty to its speed until it leaves the area. And on a critical failure, it's immobilized for the round. So he has an eight for his reflex save. And my DC is twenty-seven. Okay, so that is a critical failure because he's less than 10 below. So, so he's, he's immobilized for the round. Uh, and he has a 22 for his fortitude so save. So he takes 68 poison damage again. Um, and Cloud Kill will move 10 feet. 10 feet. It's a 20 foot burst. So he, he's got another round in another it. round in it. And then it'll move past him. Yeah. Eight. Uh, 33 poison damage that time. He collapses. I don't know that. <laughs> it's obscuring <laughs> mist. <laughs> so I'm just standing here waiting for him to come out. Grimlock and I are just standing there for another like full like six, eight seconds to go by. The cloud okay, so the, so you, you've, well, can, do you need to be able to see your target to entangle him? Uh, no, Entangle okay. is a burst again, and it's just all of the roots and everything pop out of the ground. Can I get a perception check to hear him fall? Yep. First dice. Um, I think that's a 19. Oh, uh, 22. 22? Uh, okay, yeah, you hear him hit the ground. I'll call over, just, he's down. Yeah, the cloud will be past him in a minute, in a second. I'll dismiss the cloud and okay. yeah, I'll leave Entangle up. So yeah, you can see him like he is wheezing. He is hanging like he, he made his success. So he is unconscious. He's not going to be awake right away, but he's, he's still alive. If you want that to mean anything to you. He had a, um, a footlocker, right? Yep. Does he fit in the footlocker? Yep. He would fit in there. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'll leave his being alive or not, because he's unconscious. He never even saw us. Mm -hmm. I'll leave that up to you and just like stride into the pavilion. (laughs) So as you're looking on that table where he watched the the crystal ball, Mm -hmm. uh, there are a bunch of papers there, but you're using dark vision, so you can't read with dark vision. (laughs) <laughs> just start stuffing them in. Okay. <laughs> We're taking all of this. <laughs> okay. Um, Might as book well. with the, the lock on it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm going to make sure he's thoroughly tied up and okay. then make sure he's okay. Medicine check. Okay. And so roll a treat wounds, medicine check. We own manacles. Ooh, so good. And yeah, we can manacle. Uh, will the manacles be small enough for him? No, he'd be too small for your manacles. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you put him on his like upper arms and thighs. <laughs> They're manacles, not boyacles. <laughs> oh, come on. No, the podcast is over. <laughs> no. Um, I hope you've enjoyed Ad Lib Heroes, but after that pun. <laughs> after that pun, I didn't. <laughs> see what have i done with the years of my life <laughs> wait so administer for state correct yeah so you just tell me the medicine number because i know the the oh. ability well enough first aid or uh, treat wounds it's treat yeah. wounds he's doing yeah. 
33. 33. So that is a critical success. So you restore 48 hit points. What? Okay. But after, after like tying him up. Yes. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's real good. Not 48. 48. Oh, okay. Thank God. Holy crap. <laughs> it's 2d8 on a success and 25 is a critical success. So it's 48. That's tight. Uh, 16. 16. So, yeah, you you wake him up, and he's looking at you, and his eyes get real wide. Hello. Common mm, uh, no. Um, you heard him talking to himself. In yeah, common, yeah. <laughs> he was talking to the common no. Don't lie to me. Common mm, no. We could go back to killing you, I guess, if you want. So he starts to like whine a little bit and get smaller. And oh, he understood that common. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the pavilion. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so he was just going to like let you die. So, you know. <laughs> Hard quotes on let him die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess continue to kill you. <laughs> but... Finish the job. You know, I thought maybe it'd be more beneficial if you stayed around and talked to us instead. Sorry, common no. <laughs> okay, I'm going to put him in the trunk. Okay. The, in the, you in bring him into the pavilion? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, as you open the trunk, like there's another set of robes in there. There's some food. There's some personal items. There's a little sack of gold. Mm. It's... Is it only gold in the sack of gold? Uh, as you look in the, the sack, there's about uh, 50 gold, uh, and there's 10 silver and a smattering of copper. Okay. Oh, that sounds like 25 gold each, homie. Nice. Looting. Um, but, um, yeah, I'll, can I just inspect the trunk to make sure there's no, like, like, inscriptions on it or something that it can use to, like, cast spells or something? Uh, you can, yeah. Okay. So that's an arcana check. Okay. I got a 10. Okay. So doesn't look like there's anything with the trunk. Okay. I'm going to search him for a key for the Okay. So yeah, he's got book. a key. He's got a wand. He's got a dagger. Stuff Grimlock didn't take. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> just, I'm going to just... Give the knife to Grimlock yeah. <laughs> and take the wand and figure that out later. Take the key. It, it looks like it's the yeah. size for the book and just like. So inside of the book there, like you unlock it and mm -hmm. there's a bunch of writing in Draconic inside the book. All right. So. Hey, is this your spell book? No common. Uh, I would like to use intimidation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have Intimidating Glare, which lets me uh, demoralize with a glare. Okay. So um, you don't even need to talk. So they don't even need to understand me, although I know he can <laughs> understand me. Um, or I can, I guess I can also use Coerce. That that seems like the actually the correct 
With threats either veiled or overt, you attempt to bully a creature into doing what you want. You must spend a, at least a minute of conversation with a creature you can see and that can either see or sense you at the end of the conversation, attempt an intimidation check. I don't think we need the minute. Like, yeah. we can just waive that requirement for this time. Yeah. Uh, against the target's will, DC modified by any circumstances the GM determines. Okay. Uh, the attitude referenced in the effects below. So, okay. Okay, so make the roll. And does the dagger look like it's of any value? Uh, it's a decent quality dagger, yeah. Okay. Um, I got a 19. 19? So, uh, he's like, he's like, uh, I cast a spell so I can understand common now. <sighs> Maybe he has a spell that makes him cooperate too. So this is your spell book? Yeah, that's my spell book. I worked really hard on that. Cool. So we're keeping it. Um, that's cool. You guys are real strong, and I respect you both. <laughs> I hate kobolds. I hate them. Probably, <sighs> he probably thinks we're dumb. Like, we're not smart. Look, he's alive. Um, you want to tell me about Gracruzenbeck? Gracruzenbeck? He's pretty great. He's the smartest thing that's ever lived. What else? He's a dragon, I assume? Yes. Where does he live? Um... He originally comes from Foran, but he's decided to come here because there's a great treasure in Tucson. What's the great treasure? It's like the he said that it's the wealth of an entire nation. I guess that's how like yep. capitals yep. go. I just kind of stare at Grimlock, <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. You guys looking for jobs? You seem like you're pretty strong fighters. I bet he'd pay you a whole bunch. And you're here making zombies for him? Yeah. Or skeletons or whatever? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how old they are when I bring them up. But most of these guys, most of the juice is gone, so they come up as skeletons. The juice. Yeah, like the body juices. How many... He's here in Tucson now? Uh, I mean, we don't really respect human borders, but I think so. Hmm. When you say he's pretty great, you mean like, great, great? Yeah, like he's huge, and he has breath made out of acid, and he can fly, and he has this huge tower in Foran that is full of like whites and other cool things he made. And how does he feel about Zephyrov? That guy sucks. But how does he feel about him? The right way that he sucks. See, Zephyrov is trying to steal the treasure before before Grakrzambuk can get it. So mm-hmm. Grakrzambuk is going to make sure he gets it first. What, if, what would happen if they got there at the same time? Uh, they aren't because Zepvijov is slow and dumb. But what if Zepvijov had friends and got a head start? What would happen then? Um, 
I don't know. Mm. That it that it be up to to him to solve. Mm. He's more worried about Drahanskabord. About who? Drahanskabord. Drahanskabord. Yeah, Drahanskabord is the dragon that currently owns Tusin. So they're the blue one. Mm-hmm. So we need an army, and we figured, hey. You know what it, the best kind of army is? An army that makes more soldiers every time that it wins. Yeah. Um, Pretty great, right? Good plan. Can't argue with it. Yeah. I mean, I'd do it. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like you guys might be excellent hires. Do you want to become rich? Like super rich? Like top 1% rich? Uh, Wait. like more than anything, but I don't think, I don't believe in good dragons. Uh, <laughs> but what about the good dragon? <laughs> yeah. What about, uh, what are, they doing what are they doing sitting on their hoard of gold? The good dragons that, that, still have hordes. That, that's a good question. I, I just assumed that they didn't. And that's what made them good. They were just out there like doing good things. So but they're just, if they were doing good things, then they would have a hoard to sit on. Okay, so we have some fundamentally different ideas. But moving past that, I'm going to let you live, and you can ask him how rarely this opportunity comes up. I really think that you would get along super well with Grakumzabak. I disagree, but I'm going to give you some information to take back to Grakumzabak and... I think he might actually like being called Gracky. Great. It'll make him super relatable. Great. <laughs> and we can possibly stall out a bigger problem. How many more of people like you with the crows and the spies? Oh, I handle all the crows. Who is a crow talking to? What do you mean? Your crow was talking to a different crow. That went oh, that's because I switched out the scrying eye. So I sent a scrying eye to watch, and then when it gets full, comes, switches to an empty one. You're, you're just loaded with scrying eyes. Yeah, see that jar over there? And he points to like a jar in the corner, and there's like 14 crow eyes in it. Are they like in some goop? Yep. They're all pickled. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um, I'm glad I didn't eat those. They taste like gum. Wait, like before or after you've taken it out oh of your God. mouth? Uh, like when you find someone else's gum. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Free gum. Free but gum. how many other people are out and about at all of the battlefields into scene? Yeah, probably like eight or nine. But like when Gracky does it, he can raise like 10, 20 people at a time. Yeah. Yeah. He's real good at magic. So I bet he could even do your cool poison spell. That's a pretty cool spell. What's it called? So <laughs> I'm going to let you go back to your boss. Our mutual friend, Gracky. Yeah. You're going to tell him that Zephtabithjof is already on his way with his army. Oh, shit. That's bad. Coming from 
coming out of the Ashura Badlands. He should stay in the Ashura Badlands. He's not. No, he's got he's... an army of kobolds, gnolls. He's even got a maw demon. Gross. And you're going to go tell your boss. Co like, gnolls are just a mess. Because who else can deal with Zephbefjov? Yeah, it's probably up to Gracky. Seem like a fair plan? Yeah. That's All right. Team Battlefield, hands in, everybody. We're working and, together. And, get, and Grimlock's hand is instantly in when someone says hands in. <laughs> <laughs> so down. Uh, I just work. I just want to be part of a team. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't let you be part of the team when we assaulted this guy in the night. <laughs> um, I don't want to see you on this battlefield again. Okay. And... If I do, I will take back this kindness. Right. I'm also keeping your wand and your spellbook and all of these notes. Oh, come on. <laughs> Please give me back. I work real hard on that spellbook. Sucks. It does. Please. How far do you have What to kind of bargaining power do you think you have right now? Um, I would give you lifelong servitude. No, you won't. Yeah, I will. No, you won't. You're you gonna really wait till won't. you're gonna wait till Grarky gets here and then betray me to him. No, you and Grarky are like best friends. I've never met him. I don't know him. You'd probably be best friends as soon as you do. I doubt it. You're cool. He's cool. Everybody's cool. This Kay. guy's nothing like Six. He's manipulative. <laughs> I, I, t there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> no, look, you can go back and you can tell Grarky that I'm a maverick, a lone wolf. I work on my own other than with this guy. <laughs> Do you want me to tell him your name? No. Okay. I want you to go back, tell him Zespafjof is coming, is already on his way out of the Ashura Badlands. He might already be out of the Ashura Badlands. Oh no. He probably is. Yep. His whole army has been mobilized for at least a week or two now. Yeah. So I'm going to like purposely move mm -hmm. up the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> so he better deal with it. And like, he's got to, he's got to come quicker. He's, he's going to be late. Like, yeah. He's, he might already be too late to stop Seth Bichoff. He might already, he might be too slow, yeah. but uh fair warning. And for that information, the trade is I never have to see you again. That's a deal. And he holds out his little cobalt hand. How did you get out of the ropes? I didn't. And he puts his <laughs> hand back in the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually make a roll, but it's real funny if he managed to slip out. He's just been so... It was just be like... Sitting there terrified, like, it's a deal. How'd you get out of the ropes? Nope. I did sand. not. <laughs> oh, no, my spell to understand common is gone. It's, it's starting to fade. I better go, so I'll just... Uh, and hops away yeah, on just the hop, He's like, I'll just grab that spell book on my nope, way. Nope, okay. nice try. <laughs> and he hops away. Gets outside, like, pushes down the ropes and starts running. <laughs> All right, uh, well... It's going to take us so long to get back, and we're not going to get to sleep. If only you had 
a helm of teleportation with you with three charges. Oh, yeah. Sick. Yeah. There we go right now. Yeah, great. Let's, yeah, let's go back. So where do you take you back to? Abandoned basement of that orphanage? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you put the helm on. You praise Leviathan. Oh, before I praise Leviathan. Yeah. The, like, the reason why I thought there immediately was I took a deep, like, a nice whiff and, like, all of this, like, recently dug up soil around me. is like, reminds me of digging out that tunnel. That's a great spot to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and praise Leviathan. So, yeah, as you are going back, the thing that's watching you is it feels curious this time. But I, like, call out while I'm teleporting. Mm-hmm. Who are you? And then you land in the basement and a couple of orphans start skimmering to the corner, screaming like, oh my God, oh my God. I, I, I like pull off the nose. <laughs> oh no, it's no. Kirith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh even worse. <laughs> it, it's, it's fine, guys. I'm, I'm just going to go up to my room. You guys are good. Yeah. Do you need any money? Yeah. I hand out a gold to each one of them that's down here. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, you head up to your room and. Yeah. All right. Back at the square at nine bells to watch the rest of this, I guess. Absolutely. And let's call our episode there. I'm so glad this is not our podcast.